Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP shuts down an entire pharmacy. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. We all shop online, every single one of us. So you all know what I'm talking about when I say there's that little promo code field taunting you at checkout. Don't you just hate to leave it empty? Well, with Honey, you never have to leave it empty. Honey is a free browser extension that automatically applies the best promo codes to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores and has saved over $2 billion for users. When I recently purchased a new mouse for my computer, Honey saved me a few bucks, and it cost me nothing. Basically, when you're shopping online, all you have to do is click the Apply Coupons button, and Honey will automatically search for the best coupons and apply them to your order. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash r slash. That's joinhoney.com slash r slash. Our next Reddit post is from True Basil. I'm a 38-year-old woman, and me and my 11-year-old son are on Vyvanse, an ADHD medication. I'd been on this medication for maybe two years? I'm not sure. Prior to that, I'd been on Adderall for years, but I didn't like that I felt withdrawal symptoms at the end of each day. I switched to Vyvanse, and it's worked great for me ever since. My son had only been on this medication for at most a few weeks. I started to notice that on certain days, it didn't feel like I'd taken my pill at all. I was on 60 milligrams a day, and my son was on 20 milligrams. Now, my son was adjusting to the medication, but his behavior and focus seemed worse at times. I began thinking that I was forgetting to take my pill. So I'd count the pills, and sometimes it might seem like I was one short. However, I couldn't be sure, as I might have filled that prescription a day before I was actually out. I often asked my son how he felt taking his medication, and he felt conflicted for multiple reasons. So one day, after asking him, he said, Today, I don't even feel like I'm on the medication. I probed him further, and it seemed as though we were both experiencing the same thing. This medication is in capsule form, so I decided that I'm going to start opening the capsule to see if they're filled to the same level. Some capsules were full, some were filled halfway, and some even lower. This was true for both of our medications. So, I'm confused, but I think, okay, maybe there's a reason for this. I'm not naive at all, but I'm not jumping to conclusions either. So, I decide that I should just go to my pharmacy and ask. I get to the consultation window and the pharmacist is on the phone. I know that he's the pharmacist because pharmacies have the picture of the pharmacist displayed. The pharmacy tech is next to him, presumably filling prescriptions. Anyways, the first thing that grabs my attention is that the pharmacist can't stop moving while he's on the phone. Have you ever seen a tweaker? Because I have. Background. Many years ago, I tried quite a few drugs. I had a colorful life, if you will, so I'm no stranger to recognizing this sort of behavior. I was instantly filled with rage. Now, I realize that my questions are about to be very different than I thought. I'm honestly glad that he was on the phone for five minutes so I could collect myself internally and think about how to approach this situation. I am certain at this moment that he is the reason that our medications vary in volume so wildly. He gets off the phone and greets me. I'm not confrontational, and I certainly have never created a scene in public. I'm quite laid back. So I present both bottles of Vyvanse to him, and I explain how it felt wildly varied from day to day to the point that, on some days, it felt like I hadn't taken the medication at all. 
His response is that this is an issue to take up with the manufacturer. Now, I'm saying all this calmly and quietly. I want to read his reactions. At this point, I see the pharmacy tech side-eye me several times. I see her getting visibly nervous. His response further pissed me off, so I said, still calmly but slightly louder, that I opened up the capsules to check on my and my son's bottles. And I firmly believe that someone here is tampering with our medications. I swear, the color in his face drained instantly. He couldn't even make eye contact. He's still moving, twitching, and tweaking hard. The pharmacy tech also went from nervous to oh shit. At this point, I am absolutely livid. With his head hanging low and not making eye contact, he says that I'll have to call the manufacturer of this medication and he provides me an 800 number. I think I said something else, but I'm blind with rage at this point, so I go home. This is the malicious compliance. Tell me to take it up with the manufacturer? Okay then, I will. So, I've never in my life called a corporate office to complain about service or anything. I got the wrong order off Amazon, guess I'll just give it away to someone. I got the wrong food order, well, that sucks, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Why? Because I'm terrible at adulting, and it's just too much effort for small inconveniences. This, however, is my son's medication. It's also my medication, but I'm not as concerned about me. So I call the number, and I'm not at all hopeful, but I figure, hey, it's just 10 minutes of my time. Oh, how wrong I was. This phone call lasted like 45 minutes to an hour. First, I quickly realized that this was a cover-your-ass line of questioning. So, at first, I feel like this is a waste of time, and, of course, that pharmaceutical companies don't care. I mean, this lady is interrogating me as though I committed a murder. She's asking me all of these repeat questions, but worded in different ways. I explained to her that I have no complaints about the medication itself. It's worked well for me. I tell her everything that I've written here, but in much greater detail. And then she asks me more questions in a similar interrogation style based specifically on my accusations against this pharmacy and tech. At some point during this, I started to feel that they were taking this very seriously, even though they were still trying to cover their ass. I insisted throughout the conversation that I'm certain that the pharmacist, or at least that one tech, were tampering with or stealing our medications. So I'm internally filled with rage for days, and obviously I changed pharmacies. A couple of months later, when it was time for another refill, my new pharmacy didn't have my medications available. Guess which pharmacy did have it on hand? So I say F it and just hope for the best. I go to the old store to pick up the medication, and there's a new pharmacist. In fact, the entire staff is unrecognizable. The nice pharmacist gets me my prescription, and I say, so you got a new pharmacist, huh? He says, yeah, actually, um, well, everyone had to be replaced because there were some issues. I was grinning from ear to ear, and I almost told him that I knew exactly why. But instead, I just walked away feeling so very satisfied. Obviously, I know they all lost their jobs, but I don't know what else happened. I'm sure that I wasn't the only one who had their medication stolen like this, but I don't know if anyone else confronted them or called. Judging by their reactions when I confronted them, I am certain that I was the first. Does anyone know how pharmacies are investigated in a case like this? This happened in Indiana for you sleuths. I would love to hear insight on this. So anyways, this is how I helped to get an entire staff in a pharmacy fired. Oh man, I'm really hoping that there is a commenter who is a pharmacist who knows how this, how this whole thing works. 
Down in the comments, we have this story from Limp Garlic. You just did what you were told to do. My cousin's wife is a pharmacist, and I've overheard conversations at family get-togethers. From what I understand, pharmacists are subjected to random drug testing. When there's a serious accusation by a patient, they will, quote, deploy the pee cups. I'm guessing it's all downhill from there. I'm curious, how much is a average pharmacist salary? How much does this guy lose? It's got to be six figures, right? Salary.com says $130,000 to $160,000 per year. Glassdoor says $84K to $170K. ZipRecruiter says $92K to $140K. Okay, so like pretty typically, I guess we're looking at $120,000 to $130,000 a year. And this guy just threw it all away so that he could, I don't know, what do you do with Adderall? I guess swallow it, snort it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't do Adderall. The pharmacist, I mean, obviously he was the one who was taking it, but my assumptions that the tech knew about it and the guy was either intimidating her or paying her off to just look the other way. But man, that is so much money just flushed down the toilet for Adderall. Excuse me. I mean, Vyvanse, not Adderall. But still, that's just what a stupid mistake. Our next Reddit post is from Undecided. About 20 years ago, my wife and I had just gotten married, and we rented a condo where all the windows and sliding door faced the parking area. My wife, to celebrate our first Christmas as a married couple together, put a white rope light on the railing of our two-foot grilling area. It was a nice little gesture. That night, we went out to dinner, and when we came home, we found a letter under our door. The letter read, All holiday lights must be removed immediately from the exterior portion of the condo. Christmas or other religious lighting is against HOA policy, and failure to remove can result in fines or other legal action. My wife felt horrible, and I couldn't believe it. The owner of the condo had left a copy of the HOA regulations, and I found a nice little loophole. Apparently, they could regulate lights on the exterior balcony slash grilling area, but not lights inside the condo. Game on. I took my wife immediately to the big box hardware store and picked up two fake Christmas trees, about 2,000 colored lights, a light ball, and whatever holiday decorations I could find. Our condo had three windows and a sliding glass door. I filled up each of those windows with lights crisscrossing around the inside of the perimeter of the window, and one had the LED ball hanging in the center. The sliding door had the Christmas tree in full view, completely covered in lights and ornaments. Also, the sliding doors were full of Christmas lights. My electricity bill must have tripled. When you came into the parking lot of the condo complex, you saw a beacon of light full of Christmas spirit. You could probably see our condo from orbit. And the HOA snitch couldn't do anything about it. Apparently, at the next board meeting, a proposed rule change was brought up to limit the amount of holiday lighting being shown through the windows. It was quietly pointed out by another HOA board member, who was a lawyer, that you probably couldn't regulate activities inside a person's dwelling. I moved out before next year, but I never received another notice. Our next Reddit post is from Dash underscore. I've had a migraine going on for over a week now. I had a doctor's appointment scheduled for next week to get help with it, and my doctor couldn't see me any sooner. Due to the severity of my migraine, I was five minutes late to work twice this week. Literally five minutes when I'm usually on time. Both times were because I literally had to stop my commute to throw up because of the pain. I informed my manager of the situation, but because he likes to run a tight ship, he demanded I pay 20 bucks for a doctor's note for those two days and get it before my next shift, which is today. 
20 bucks is roughly what I get paid for for two hours of work after taxes. Anyways, I went to the walk-in clinic this morning before work. I had to wait until today because today is the day that we get paid and I was broke after paying rent. The doctor who I met for the first time blew all of my symptoms out of proportion. He said that I had to get tested for COVID and self-isolate until I get the results. Since it's the weekend, I probably won't get the results until Monday afternoon. Here's the best part. Since I only work four days a week and I was scheduled Friday to Monday, I'm eligible to receive two weeks of COVID benefits from the government in my country. The criteria states that you're eligible if your schedule is cut by 50%. So now, I'm getting a thousand bucks to have a long weekend at home when I would have only gotten paid 325 bucks if I had worked. After I told my manager this, he said that I have to come in because they're short-staffed and nobody else can work but me. Then, he accused me of lying. It felt great to say, I'm sorry, sir, but it's the law. You'll get your doctor's note when I see you on Tuesday. OP, congrats on your windfall, but you might want to spend this weekend looking for new jobs because this sounds like an awful place to work. Our next Reddit post is from Context Required. So, I'm a 17-year-old boy who lives at home with my mom and older sister. Recently, my sister has taken to wearing a t-shirt and a thong around the house. I asked her to stop because it made me feel uncomfortable because I don't particularly want to see her private parts. My mom was not too pleased and claimed that I couldn't tell my sister what to wear in her own house and even asked if it was something sexual. That is not the case for three reasons. One, she's my sister. Two, I'm asexual. Three, I'm gay. Now, most of you are probably expecting me to say that I walked around with my meat and potatoes wriggling around like several puppies in a paper bag. But come on, that's below even me. So I got creative. So for a guy, I'm very feminine. I like wearing skirts, dresses, crop tops, etc. Let's just say that my mom is not the biggest fan of this. And <laughs> and there's one item of clothing she hates more than anything else. The maid outfit. So I spot my sister going downstairs in just a thong and t-shirt once again, and she asks me if I want to come watch TV with her. I tell her, yeah, I'll be down in a minute. I head to my room, slip into the maid outfit, and head downstairs. I have never seen someone so confused, angry, and disappointed. My mom told me to go get changed, to which I reminded her that we couldn't tell each other what to wear in the house. Looking annoyed but slightly defeated, my mom told both of us to go get changed, and my sister stopped doing it, so I guess I won. Our next Reddit post is from Never Not Be Thinking. So this happened about 10 years ago when I worked at the box office of a movie theater. This was before automated machines were the norm. Tickets for adults who were 14 years and older were $12. Kids between the ages of 3 to 13 were $9.50, and kids under 3 years old were free. I had a woman come to my register with two kids. Now, these kids look to be about 15, though it can be hard to tell sometimes. Since most kids don't carry any kind of ID, the rule of thumb was to either sell them a kid's ticket or an adult ticket based on how old the adult told us they were. Many people would abuse this and say their kids were 13 in order to save a few bucks. Typically, I didn't care, since I understood the prices were pretty high and this was a big chain, so a few older kids getting cheaper tickets wasn't a big deal. What was different this time is that the woman was very rude throughout the whole transaction. We have a series of questions that we have to ask throughout the transaction. 
and we would randomly get scored by mystery shoppers to ensure that we were following the script. This woman was annoyed and short with me throughout the whole transaction, while I was being super friendly and just trying to do my job. When we got to the part about what kind of tickets she needed, it went something like this. How old are your kids? Why? So I know whether they need kids tickets or adult tickets. What's the difference? Adult tickets for people 14 and older are $12. Kids tickets for people 3 to 13 are $9.50. Oh, they're 13. Okay, and which film would you like to go see today? We want to go see such and such. Okay, no problem. For two kids and one adult, that'll be $31. Actually, I'm not going with them. I'm just dropping them off. Unfortunately, this movie is 14A, which means that you have to either be 14 years old or be accompanied by an adult to see it. Well, they're 14. You just told me they're 13. They're actually 14. I just didn't want to pay the price for the adult tickets. Unfortunately, you told me they're 13. Unless you have ID that shows that they're 14, I have to assume that what you first told me was correct, and I can't allow them to watch the movie unsupervised because it's 14A. This is ridiculous! So, what are my options? They can either go to a different movie that's not 14A, or you'll have to buy a ticket yourself and accompany them to this one. After a lot of back and forth about options, she finally decided to bite the bullet and buy an adult ticket to accompany them. I like to think that she spent the next two hours reflecting on how her attempt to save five bucks ended up costing her $12 and two hours of her time. Realistically, she likely bought the ticket, accompanied them into the theater, and then left them there to watch the movie while she went shopping. Either way, it still cost her the extra 12 bucks for her ticket. That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.